Oh yeah, you're like I had a little egg. <laughs> rapid head movement. Yeah. <laughs> rapid head movement. It's like it's a, a, a REM tribute band. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's an REM tribute band with all Parkinson's. <laughs> Four Michael J. Foxes. Yeah. <laughs> Singing an REM tunes. Hey, sign me up. I'm, I'm ready to see it. And there, rapid head movement. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Radio Cure. I'm your host, Nathan Seal, and each week, Jeremy Cohen and I talk about new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. This week, in our final episode of the year, we take a look back on the entire decade of indie music. We'll make our picks, check them twice. Gonna find out who's naughty or nice next on the Radio Care. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish listeners and whatever other holidays happen here to our other listeners. Festivus. Festivus. We should mention Festivus. Mm-hmm. Since we, we did a Festivus episode, well, remember? We did. Didn't? Now, did Sarah tell us the other day, isn't today Festivus? Because didn't she say Monday? That we should put up a poll? It is my well, name. yeah, she was mad at me because I've kind of not done all of the traditional things that I usually do in terms of baking and cooking and uh-huh. all that kind of shit. Yeah. I, know, I just haven't felt like it. And she felt like I've canceled Christmas. And so mm. she keeps telling me that I've canceled Christmas. Just like the liberal media has been trying to do forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you've finally accomplished I've it. I've finally canceled Christmas. <laughs> Excellent. And, uh, she, I, well, and... I have and I haven't, because I've just basically <laughs> boiled it down to its consumerist aspects. Sure. Let's like buy all the presents. We're going to give the presents. Yeah. We're going to do that. It's ultimately the most We've important We've just taken thing. all of the tradition yeah. out of it. Yeah, you're not like baking shit. You're not it. making a special dinner or anything like that. No. Yeah. No. I just don't feel like it. Not, I, I'm sorry. Anyway, so she thinks that we should celebrate Festivus this year, because... Right, but she, I, I think she claimed it's actually today, Monday, December 23rd, oh, okay. as of this record. But that's why she wants to... Does but, she want to air some grievances against you about oh, canceling Christmas? Festivus is every year if we're airing grievances. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what it is to yeah, be Yeah, airing grievances honestly does just sound like Christmas. <laughs> She's always airing her grievances with me. <laughs> Which... You know, to her credit, there's a lot of grievances to air. I understand sure. that. Yeah. I'm a difficult person to live with. On <laughs> <laughs> some levels. But how, how have you enjoyed this decade musically? Very much. I think it's been great. Good decade? Good decade. So uh, looking over our 10 uh, albums mm-hmm. uh, that we picked for the decade, and, we, and I ordered them chronologically, and I kind of liked it looking that way. And I think we'll uh, pick a... A number one overall, yeah. and most everyone ranks them, but then yeah. they get so convoluted, you don't know what came after what, and you don't get like the historical kind of like yeah, no, timeline I agree. And also, if we like tried to rank that them, like this episode would have never actually been made. I don't think. no, it's very difficult, and there's no reason to other than like I like this one better than that one. Yeah, so we went chronological, and it's interesting. I think this decade, mm-hmm. I think last decade, indie music was perfected. It came into its own. Yeah, as a genre, you knew exactly what it was, 
And then now this is the uh, variation decade on the theme. Yes. Yes. We have the we have a couple of the stalwarts from the last decade that mm-hmm. kind of open this decade with great large achievements. And then as it goes, then we have some of the newcomers and the yeah. the people that are going to take over the torch. Yes. Uh, from those bands of the aughts that we love. Yeah. And it's fun. Like this, like for me anyway, it's like, this is the first time I've ever like seriously been paying attention to music for two straight decades. Yeah. So it's fun. It's fun to like see that transition that you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, like our, in terms of my life cycle as a human being, you know, my teens were in the nineties and, but my real significant listening years are the odds. Yes. And I think those are the yeah, ones that really like imprinted on it. So I'll always kind of see the, the everything as before and after. Yes. Uh, but I think this was a good follow up. And I think there was some really interesting um, variations on the theme mm-hmm. uh, of, of indie music this year. The women got, or this decade, the women got way more involved. Yep. Um, the The door was widened. More people could enter the playing field. Dance, uh, yeah, came to the fore in in like a poppy, like more uh, poppy mainstream kind of a thing. Yeah, because like not the, just LCD, right? Yeah, because we because that was like particularly like a little after like the midway point of the aughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like dance indie music like really took over. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you're right. Then this decade, it turned into a more poppy version of that same thing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, going in chronological order, our first pick of the decade, High Violet, the National, 2010. 2010. Yep. So starting things off. I mean, I I think that, and for a lot of the bands on this uh, list. I feel like that they had three or four, two or three or four big accomplishments in the decade, and then we picked one of them to put on the yeah yeah the the timeline or the the list the what have you. <laughs> it is kind of a timeline of such <laughs> musical journey through the teens. What are we calling this decade? Uh. So the thing I've heard the most, which doesn't have a great ring to it, is the 2010s. I've heard it shortened it has a to terrible ten. ring to I've it. I've heard it shortened to the tens. The tens, also, which sounds like a river name. I mean, it's like so, like the teens or whatever mm-hmm. would have norm like before been referred to like the 19. Like teens, yeah, nineteen teens. <laughs> that rolls teens. off the tongue yeah, too. That's I mean, this but next far decade, enough removed, literally a hundred years. Yeah, we can just reclaim it every year. We can just call this the teens or whatever we want. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah. last century so it's like was the teens. The next 19s. decade will be like the twenties, yeah. which you always associate. What's now. the war in twenties? Everyone knows yeah. that. That's but, an easy one. But we're far enough removed. Twenties to thirties to forties. Yeah. Really, the only one that we don't have a. The grasp on is the teens. What do you call that part? I don't know. I heard on a, a British podcast the other day they said the, or like the aughts, as the Americans like to say. Is that an American thing to say the aughts? Yes. Mm-hmm. But that, but that was originally used for the first decade of the 
That's when that was popularized, is calling it the ot. Oh, well, there you go. I'm just, I, we just reuse all We're just the repeating. Yeah. We're just repeating. Repeaters. Yeah. But th th all that being said, I don't know what you call the teen. I don't think people say the teens, do you think? No. I, I'm going to go with the teens, though. Yeah, we're going with the teens. <laughs> For the purpose of this podcast, at least. Yeah. To avoid further confusion. Yeah. This was the teens. So the national... Uh, High Violet was like the first national album I was anticipating their release for. Right. Uh, and it's one of those bridge bands from the aughts, like I was saying earlier. I <laughs> think like our first three picks are bridge bands from the aughts. Yeah. And um, it goes with my moving out here to Colorado. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have a job. I was biking everywhere because we only had one car. Or no, we had two cars, but I didn't have anything to do. So I just was like, yeah. I'll bike. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so I was just listening. It, you know, it's it's back in like the early pod, um, iPod days too. Right. You know, the, everyone wasn't walk. Everyone wasn't walking around with headphones in their ears. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a newer, newer thing. So that was like kind of the first time that I just kind of did that. I did all of my chores and all of that kind of little doings around. Yeah. Looking for jobs and whatnot, like uh, constantly listening, constantly to shit. listening to stuff. And um, Cherry Tree, mm -hmm. Alligator, and uh, Boxer mm -hmm. was my was my playlist for the beginning of my uh, time here in Colorado. So, and that's, then, that's nice. and then I was so excited because High Violet was it was that was basically like a year before I started that High Violet. So that was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I was, I had a friend who was uh, super early in on the national. Like he was like excited for Alligator to come out. Yeah, and he had been like trying to convince me to listen to them for so long, and for whatever reason, at that time, just didn't click with me. Mm -hmm. I was like, no. It's a hard like, band to get into. It took me a while too. I heard Secret Meeting a ton. Because mm -hmm. it was on a playlist that Josh used to always like to play. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but it's just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Stodgy. And and then there was at one point, I don't, I cannot pinpoint exactly when this was. I want to say it had to have been somewhere around 2008 or 2009. Um, someone made me a playlist that had the song uh, All the Wine mm -hmm. from Alligator. Yeah. And, and the, Cherry it, Tree. Yeah. yeah. And it like clicked something in my yeah. brain. I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is fantastic. This is so good. Why haven't I been listening to them? And that's when I finally went on my like deep dive. And Yeah. Yeah. So I think we went to this. Did we go to the, we went to this concert together and it was on High Violet. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. At the Fillmore. Yeah. At the Fillmore. Yeah. And it was the day before the LCD concert. Yes. Their last go around. Yeah. Their, uh, their quote unquote. Last. Yeah. Last go, go around. around. And and that was that was one of them. This is happening. Was a a question. Yeah. And it seemed obvious at some points in time of our lives. Yes. That yeah. LCD would would have a place here in this decade. Right. Yeah. But they chose not to. Yes. It's not our choice. Not our choice. It's not our fault. It's not yeah. your fault. <laughs> so, to to honor their their first retirement. We kept them off this list. Correct. <laughs> uh, another band that kind of straddles the two decades, uh, Grizzly Bear. We picked Shields. That's in 2012. 
remarkable album. We were re-listening to this mm-hmm. yesterday, and I was like, fuck, like, what songs do we even pick for, like, research? Because every song in the mm-hmm. album is so good. Oh, I totally forgot. We did pick but, two songs for High oh, Violet. Yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily have to talk about those, but they no. probably we are going to make a playlist if anyone wants to check yeah. it out with these yeah. songs, so... Whatever. But yeah, I think uh, my pick was Terrible Love. Mm-hmm. I think that great is, opener. Yes, and it is great in concert. Yeah. I think they opened there's, our concert with it. They did. It's there's a, it's a great hype machine. There's like a, a bunch of national songs that they really like blow out when they do it live, and that's one of them. You picked Lemon World like, Classic National. Yeah, yeah, just for it's like pure classic national with like it's yeah just wild lyrics and it just sounds so pretty and it's wonderful some great lyrics in that one yes we're so anyway uh grizzly bear shields and again this was one of those records that i started listening to the band on (laughs) and then went back to feckedomist and yellow house yes um, and you can see this kind of record coming if you have yes. listened to those. Yeah, and I mean it's one of those kind of. Um, it's just a great blend. It's it's wonderfully artsy and atmospheric, and like mm-hmm. in songs like "Sleeping You," "The Hunt," "What's Wrong," uh, and then has punches of like this anthemic kind of rock. Yeah, thing that's going. Uh, yet again, a simple answer, half gay. Yeah. And I I was going to tell you a, a little story yesterday, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, I should save it for the pod. And then I later realized we did a grizzly bear deep dive, so I may have already said this, but who cares? No one listens to this. So. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> Shields is a very special place in my heart because I was... Um, I used to take trips uh, to Seattle with my dad every now and then to like see his family and stuff. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was like right after this album had come out and I was getting like very into it. And this was also at like the peak of my pothead days where it was like, I got there. It wasn't legal in Washington yet. I got there and I was like, God, what the fuck am I going to do about my pot situation? Yes. I remember this story. Yeah. <laughs> the guy just randomly walks up to you and says, do you want pot? Yeah. It was after like me like seeking it out and literally, literally like I asked like some teenagers at a yeah. park once. Yeah. And, but yeah, it was at this uh, Goodwill and this random fucking dude walks up to me. He's like, hey, hey, you smoke weed? I was like, yes, yes, I do. So I went and bought some out of his van and uh, got some rolling papers, rolled up a couple joints and I walked down to a beach and this was in like springtime in Seattle, uh-huh. which is like, even for there, like very rainy and gray. Yeah. And I just sat down on a log on just the grayest beach you've ever seen. <laughs> like sand nice. is gray, the water's gray, the sky is gray, yeah. and just got blazed out of my mind and listened to this album like a couple times in a row. It has and such it was, an eerie beginning. Oh too. my God. It'd be perfect it was, for that It was scene. perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah, the, the the beginning is much more uh, artsy and kind of atmospheric. Mm-hmm. And then um, as you get to the back, you get to just those heartwarming uh, songs like A Simple Answer. Yeah. And uh, Half Gate. Those are the two we picked. Yeah. Those are the ones on the list. Yeah. Phenomenal album. Phenomenal album. 2012. Um, number three, or I shouldn't say number three, but the third one. Chronologically. Uh, the chronologically. Third one, yeah. Again in 2012, Heaven by the Walkmen. Yes. 
this is a fantastic capstone uh, to one of the most influential and iconic bands of the NYC Oz. Yes. And I think often forgotten as being a super important part of that scene. Yes. Like, I feel like they get lost with like your, the Strokes, mm-hmm. LCD, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just what a what a band. Yeah, I mean they put f- seven albums out. Yeah, uh, this being their last one, all in the aughts, mm-hmm. you know. And so they're you know the pavement of they the are, aughts. They really. are the pavement of the aughts. Because I mean it's not now because everyone wants to be the hipster and say Pavement was the best 90s band, but they were often forgotten of the 90s. Yes. Pavement was often forgotten, like, up until, like... like, 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. (laughs) When all these bands were like, yeah, we're influenced by Pavement. Yeah. That's a great analogy. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, then Hamilton Lighthouser put out that great album with Mm -hmm. Rostam. Yeah. And and I love Rostam. I love the the new record that that he put out. And so, Mm -hmm. you know... um, Fantastic voice. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like just a great voice, like kind of sort of little gravelly and like mm. raw and but it can still like do like real pretty songs. Yeah. Uh the love you love. Uh, it's just, yeah. just a pining song. Yeah, great they have they have yeah. great lyrics. And I, honestly I think lyrically Heaven is their best album. For sure. It's the one I listen to most too. Yeah. Of all of them, I just, I, it's just a beautiful capstone on it. Much like um, this is happening, <laughs> and I would imagine that if LCD had not come out with another record, this is happening would have been on this list. Maybe in the place of the walk. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, yeah. Doors. Oh my. I heard a new Coldplay the other day in some coffee shop or whatnot. Yeah, they they put out a new album. They put out a new album? They put out a new I was album. Like, this is. <laughs> I can hear. I can hear. I can hear. Douchebag from a mile yeah. away. This is definitely the, Coldplay. Just severe case of the douche chills. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, you're just like hearing <sighs> off in the distance and you're just like. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somebody I'm kind of getting douche chills from nowadays, but back in 2013, I, I fucking absolutely loved the Modern Vampires of the City Vampire Weekend. Yes. <laughs> this is <laughs> not to spoil anything uh, at the end when we try and pick a number one album of the decade. But, spoil away. Who cares? Yeah, fuck it. This this and and if anyone has been listening to this podcast, I've said it several times before. If I was like forced to pick one, this is just like a stupid thing to do. But this is my favorite album of all time. Gun to your head. All, to my, time. all time. All time. All time. Your desert island disc. This as is the my, British yes, would say. This is my desert island disc. Mm. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. This one is in 2013, and both of the records in 2013 that we picked um, have a special place in my heart. Big year for me. My son was born. My yep. father was dead. Right. It's a very odd thing to have happen in the same year. But there is much of Modern of the Vampires of the City that I kind of connect with that time. and Yeah. Also from like the, the, the breaking apart of my Christian. Yes background yeah you know uh with songs like unbelievers everlasting arms worship you hey yeah yeah it really is kind of a 
anti-Christian Christian album. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't want to take credit for this. Some, someone is. <laughs> Uh, a music reviewer is reading about this. Uh, they uh, said that uh, Yeah Hey was a breakup song with God. Yeah. And I, and I think this is I, my I, breakup I, album. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's what you said. I told you about that review, and you're like, this is, that, this is a breakup album with God. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a different experience. Also, another depressing note to touch on <laughs> you're talking about your father died this was my falling in love album with julie oh yeah because I, I, I heard it for the first time when i was visiting her mm. in new york interesting two different takes on it how's yeah. that now how's that how does that um color your feeling it, it's, on it now? It, it's still my favorite album of all time. Mm. it has to be But are you able to listen to it at this point? I have not yet. I will. You have not yet. I'll get back. <laughs> I'll get back in the saddle. Yeah. Again. Um, Smith. I praised all of the, the kind of pseudo-religious songs or the questioning religions uh, songs, but I think my favorite one on this record is Step. It's so good. It's such a good It's ridiculous. The lyrics in it are amazing. Yeah. And some of and a couple of the lyrics are from uh, like an old hip hop song. I, I, it's escaping me right now. Yeah. The the every time I see you in the world, you always step to my girl. That's yeah. the line that's from yeah. another one. It, it is the most a beautiful appropriation I've ever seen in my life. It really is. <laughs> I mean, it, it just it completely. Yeah. It, it reimagines what an indie song can be. Yeah, it really does, especially at that moment in time. Uh-huh. Like we may have heard songs in like more recent years that yeah. kind of sound like that, but that was that was an amazing sound to hear in 2013. And just with Rossum's like world sound yeah. in there, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a fantastic record. I really felt like that they peaked there, and I'm glad they, oh, they broke. They, I'm yeah. glad they broke up after that record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dad was dying. God was dying. And little did I know, Vampire Weekend was dying too. <laughs> it is. It is fitting. It is, it is, that album is a lot about death. Yeah. In addition to breaking up with God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number five. It came out the same year. Reflector, Arcade Fire. Now, again, number five chronologically. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 2013. Now they put out two great albums. This, and I, yeah. This decade, and I think that um, most people went with uh, the suburbs. Yes, and on on their also like upon like first few listens at the time they came out, I I liked the suburbs immediately a lot more than this album. Mm -hmm. But this was one of those that like over time I was like, oh yes, I I see what's actually going on here. Yeah, and this is better. Yeah. I listened, um, again, 2013. So I listened to afterlife so much and, yeah. uh, because I'm somebody who likes to listen to albums, I ended up listening to the album a lot too. Cause I mm-hmm. felt guilty about just listening to that one yeah. song. <laughs> and I really started to fall in love with the back half of the album from that. Yeah. Uh, that is the strongest section. Absolutely. Yeah. It really, it, it really gets theatrical and just all of the things that you love about, Arcade Fire's funeral yeah. record uh, comes in and like uh, it starts with awful sound. Yes. Oh, Eurydides or something like that. 
and it just has like two parts like crown of love yeah. or something like that where it just like has this first part this kind of like groovy and sexy and mm-hmm. it just goes to this angelic place yeah and i re- i realized because when we were uh sorting through some of these yesterday i was like why don't i know what my favorite song on here is and i and i eventually realized it was um this was uh an album that i had uh a burned cd copy of because uh-huh. i had a car that still had a cd player oh and so I listened to it a ton in car the car. Yeah. It's a it was a car CD. Yeah. I was like, oh, that is why I don't know yeah. the names of any of these songs. That's like me and uh, the Modest Mouse. We were dead even before the ship sank or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I I love every song on that record. I could not tell you mm-hmm. a single name of one of those. Right. Songs. Yeah. Because it was just in the car. And yeah. It just got. It was in like yeah, and like reflector was like in my rotation forever. Yeah, and, I just and like never like it's so much easier to remember the names of songs nowadays because you just look at your phone at what is yeah. playing. Well, and you do <laughs> playlists a lot too. Yeah. But yeah, and because you know, like when you had just a CD player, a single CD player, especially when you just got in the car to go like on a fifteen minute drive or something, yeah. you didn't put another CD. No, in. not you just not, left the CD like, and that was already there. Yeah. Like, unless you were, like, super into something that you currently had on yeah, CD, yeah. you'd be like, okay, I gotta go start this. But yeah, yeah, generally, like, you're running to the grocery store, you just let whatever's in there. Yeah, that's so I ended up listening and, to Yeah, Reflector like was a big one of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but the back half, and it ends with, like, two closers, I feel like. Yeah. With Afterlife. Double closer for a double album. Yeah. <laughs> double closer. Oh, was yeah. It and a double album? It was, yeah. Because it's not... It doesn't have a fuckload of tracks on it, but there's a lot of very long songs on here. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and then James Murphy's involvement. That's important. Yeah, as yeah. As far as the so historical... So he gets kind of a backseat on this list by yeah. um, his um, producer. He did a couple other albums in the He did. Teens. He did. Uh, I, most notably, probably the last David Bowie album. Yes. But, he did, but that's what that song, Black Screen, is about, is like... He had a chance to do a lot more production on that mm-hmm. and regretted it so much. That's an unnecessary tangent, but no, no, we're, gonna give we're some talking J- about the decade. We're, we're talking, talking about, about the decade, decade, and James Murphy does need to get some due here. He's he does, he does, and yeah, and he's responsible for a lot of the music in this decade. Yes. Like I was saying, so this much is of a, it. This is a um, a, re- a repetition decade where something was perfected and then and then it's repeated and varied. Yeah. Uh, another one of those. I love you, Honey Bear, Father John Misty. See, I feel like um, this was kind of the coming out party for Father John Misty. Yeah. Um, and I think he won the decade when it comes to folk singer songwriters. Absolutely. So he's kind of the new generation yeah. of that. Was it? This was 2014. Yeah, it takes over for like M Ward. Uh, 2015. 15. Okay. Uh. And Ward and, and and people like that that we loved in the yeah in the aughts yeah this one on my we're not ranking the albums today but on my personal albums of the decade list this was my number three oh there you go yeah so this is this is a big one for me yeah th- I think you pushed hard for Father John Misty because I was thinking of maybe just um, keeping it to bands just so we could like mm-hmm. cut down a little bit and we cut right. down a bunch I mean. We we cut out basically anything but indie music or what we could like. Yes, and and, and so this this is a good moment for a disclaimer. I really want to throw out there. Mm-hmm. I believe 
with all of my heart that the best album this decade is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. But it is not eligible for our list. For I, our list. I want to throw that out there, though. Yes. That was, that was a very good disclaimer. Uh, but Honey Bear. Uh, and also, and the other reason why I not only allowed this, but affirmed it, was because uh, he was a part of one of my favorite bands of this decade, not yeah, yours. Yeah, not, 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 doesn't quite make my list of favorite bands. <laughs> no. But their first two albums were, were unimpeachably good. Like, those were Fleet good. Foxes, we yeah. should say. If Sorry. People don't sure. know, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was the drummer of Fleet yeah. Foxes. And that's the old joke. They had their best musician. Drumming. But, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> that's the big problem with the Fleet Foxes. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I one of the reasons I love this album is because it is for the most part an album of love songs by just one of the most cynical assholes on planet earth. And I feel like it really works somehow. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I think he's he's our ironic, sardonic kind of character here. He's yeah. pointing out all of the things that are wrong with the record industry with <laughs> politics with relationships yes everything i mean he's 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 the new bob dylan yeah. he's pointing out yeah uh, the what, things that we don't want to talk about an overall pretty romantic record yeah it's a fantastic one i picked board in the usa i love the um reference to the boss uh yeah. and i think it encapsulates our kind of late capitalist decade here. yeah it really does you know we, we were we just we became phone creatures mm-hmm. and we're just bored in the usa yeah and it's the perfect summation it really is and uh chateau lobby gotta give a shout out to that one that'll be on the playlist yes it's just like <laughs> the it's like super weird and like violent at times but it is a very sweet love song just in the most Father John Misty way. Yeah, possible. druggy, psychedelic yeah. kind of um, kind of way. 2015 again, uh, current Tame Impala. The one thing I also wanted to mention is that after these first five, these last six are all people that are kind of that the that the teens made them. Not they, they're not aughts bands, right? Yes. Right? Yeah. And so Father John Misty started in the teens. And also Tame Impala. Yeah. Everyone, supposedly the band started in 2007, but every one of his records. Yes. From Inner Speaker in 2010 Mm -hmm. um, to probably the favorite of most fans, Lonerism. Lonerism, yeah. But Currents is a better record. Currents is better. And I will, I will argue with anyone that point, like to the end of my life. Like if there was, if anxiety said Modern Vampires of the City is my favorite album of all time, obviously it's my number one of the decade. Mm-hmm. This is the only one this decade that I would hear an argument for being better than that. Well, I, I think it's their most psychedelic and heaviest rock, and I think that that Team Impala wins the rock indie rock title of of the year for sure yeah and i think it's it's the things that make lonerism great 
all the rock mm-hmm. and the psychedelia, but it adds this dance element yes. to it and this jazz and kind of bluesier yeah. kind of thing. And in, in an interesting way, because this decade was like we saw a lot of people from like a rock ba- band go dancey. Exactly. Again, again, this is the decade of the James dance Murphy. Album. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> he started that shit much longer before this album came out. But I feel like this is the perfected version of the of this decade's combination yeah. of rock and synthy dance yeah. shit. Like <laughs> this is Daft Punk for the rock kids. It is. It is. <laughs> James Murphy's dream is realized. And the big thing is that James Murphy was all about this kind of music, whereas these people dip into it, right? Yes. And so this yes. was the this was the decade of doing different albums um, that have like different emphases emphases, but are still in your like psychedelic rock or yeah. whatever your indie genre is. Yeah. And then you'll do your dance or do your whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, Let it happen is a, is an yeah. encapsulation of this entire record. Yeah, and I, I was telling you yesterday, like that's the first track on the album. So I, I put the album on the first like day it came out, and I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I'm in for something special." It is yeah. a long ass song, which I of course love, but there's like so many great moments and like beat drops in there, and like there's like that part of it where it sounds like the record is skipping for like. Maybe like twenty straight seconds. Exactly. <laughs> and then it just like and turns just into this break. insane oh build and it is fucking perfect. And you know exactly what that whole nonsense you just went through was for. Yeah. It was and for it's that so big, satisfying. Yeah, that big hook. And and I would also say that um, the less I know the better is the best hook of the decade. Yeah. That that first I, I would not argue against that. <laughs> that first bass line or is it's probably a guitar. That kind of sounds yeah, some like sort a of like effect on it that yeah. we're not qualified to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Jack White esque. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean that's just beautiful when it comes in. Phenomenal. Oh, it just makes you. It, it just ups your cool factor immediately. It really does. <laughs> like you just feel cooler. You're just like fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, Pubes too by Mitski. <laughs> 2016. Puberty too. For Puberty too. <laughs> I like to call it Pubes too. <laughs> Not because of any kind of me too thing, just because no, it's I like because abbrevi- it's funny. I like abbreviating things. Yeah, and pubes is a funny word. It is pubes. Yeah, yeah we, uh, you know, there's Publix down in Florida. Publix is a great grocery store. I yeah. love that place. Great sandwiches. It was a joke of one of our vacations down there as a family. We, <laughs> my sister P- and I started Publix. calling it call, <laughs> we started calling it Publix, and then it just got shortened to pubes. We gotta go to pubes. To make pubes around, mom. <laughs> I need a pube sandwich. And my dad would just (laughs) be trying to hold in his laughter. And my mom would just be like, Like, no, not funny. I hate that. (laughs) Such a gross word. (laughs) We run the pubes, mom. (laughs) Pubes run. (laughs) Are you going to drop some ice in here? We have to take a short break while Jir makes a cocktail here. No, I don't, I don't. I don't know if we have to take a break. I it's going to be clattery. I was doing it like very surreptitiously here. Like you were. I just think it's going to get to a point. We where... We got a new like box set up here. That's. I'm working around. You just can't pour ice into something and not be loud. I know. It is a box. We have box situation. We're, we're boxed in. We're boxed in. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Uh, 
We have our microphones in boxes because we had some bleed that we're trying to deal with here. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like we're playing a game of Battleship. <laughs> it does. Like, like, like white trash Battleship yeah. that we created ourselves. Yeah. We're so oh. poor we had to make our games up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I've been meeting for like three years to be up on the Instagram shit, but I will really try to remember to take a picture of this and post it. It's a ridiculous situation. It is. But Miski, I, I like um, FJM. Mitski wins the Best American Girl Artist of the Decade, if you will. Yes. If you allow me I, the pun. I will allow it <laughs> and enjoy it. Um. But yeah, she kind of represents all of these women that we love from the decade, from Lord to... Yeah. Um, Julian Baker. St. Vincent. Yeah, Phoebe Bridgers, like... This whole yeah. wave of the of the later part of the decade, yeah, was like I think this is, of course, it's more complicated than this, but this is for me where it kind of began with Absolutely. this album, well, especially with I mean, because everyone kind of has their flavor, and mm -hmm. Mitski is the most indie flavored one. Where yes, you know, if you put like, um, I mean, because Saint Vincent. And Mitski now, but St. Vincent seems just so much more of like a pop star yes. to me yeah. uh, than Mitski. Mitski is still kind of begrudgingly uh, successful. Yes. Yeah. No, that that totally makes sense. You know, I put St. Vincent more in like Sia's category than... Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's still definitely way more rock in St. Vincent's music. And, and she... Absolutely. And she like she shreds the guitar. Yeah, but so does Mitski. And and, yeah. and Mitski, yeah, I feel like Mitski's more on the side of certainly with Puberty too. There's still like a uh, not just an indie rock element, but there's like a punk element to some of it Absolutely. too. It's it's a little more aggressive. Yeah, guitar heavy. That I think that's why she belongs on our top list yeah. more than than those other artists. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, she represents something a little more indie, a little more punk, a little more emo. Yeah. And uh, the the track I put on there was uh, Your Best American Girl. Uh, that is, I, I'm not going to try and rank it and sound like an idiot, but that would be really high up on my songs of the decade list. Well, and I think it's her best. It's her, it's her best song. So. Her best song. Yeah. Uh, in Spotify as well. Yeah. Uh, ranked in terms of plays. Uh, I... We kind of went back and forth on this because I like Be the Cowboy better than Puberty mm -hmm. uh, 2. And there's also Bury Me at Make Out Creek yes. that we could have picked, but not as mature of a yeah. record. Um, and I think she really comes into her own on Be, more on Be the Cowboy. Yeah. You, you still have that kind of youthful punkiness yeah. on uh, Mitski. So it's probably the best pick for, for this one. Mm -hmm. But Two Slow Dancers... Uh, it, it, it is a good is enough song. song that we are breaking our little format that we have here that we're going to we can split up our two songs between two albums. Yeah. I'm totally OK with it. Thank you. The song is fucking remarkable. <laughs> and again, she put out three and uh, her best work is done in the, the teens as well as Tim and Paula and Father John Misty. Uh, another one that came to us very young. <laughs> he, he was really... <laughs> Could only have worked in this decade because he was a child in the right. last one. He could he could be one of our children. <laughs> He's yeah, that young. I could have fathered him. <laughs> it's way till put together and talented for my son. 
<laughs> to be my son. Um, I, I mean, I think this is kind of white male on we personified. I, I think this is the decade of the waning patriarchy. Yeah. You know, and uh, Kirstie is the voice of all the disenfranchised white dudes from this decade. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kirstie Edress, Teens of Denial. We, we've we joked so much about uh, th- them being the official band of the Radio Cure. Yeah. Because when we first started the podcast, that we got legitimately obsessed with that album. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it was it was kind of the beginning of the podcast. So again, it has like a um, historical, uh, personal element, uh, as a lot of these records do for us. But I mean, other than that, it, it's great fucking indie rock. It's album. just great indie rock. Yeah, it's There's fantastic. Just no getting around it. It's long. It's wordy. It's brooding. Yeah. You know, it, it's it 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 totally encapsulates kind of. This uh, uh, this kind of phase of of white male yeah kind of masculinity because it's like you know we're still privileged but we're kind of sad yeah that we don't have the same amount of privilege yeah maybe our dads had <laughs> <laughs> drunk drivers killer whales is the one I picked we're not a proud race we're not a race at all I'm only trying to get home drunk drivers great fucking great. Like I was like a how old was he when he came out with this like twenty twenty one or something? Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Like that's that's like selfish assholes. As far as like lyrics go, I would compare it a little bit to like Matt Berninger's type of lyrics, mm-hmm. um, but just with this insane youthful energy, like especially in the music, like yeah. it, it well, rocks the fuck out this album. And his shit is more about life itself yeah. than about. Uh, Berninger stays around relationships a lot more. Yeah. And the complications of having relationships later in life. And, yeah. But uh, I feel like it's it's like the same type of thing, but with this like 20 year age difference. Yeah. But he's so wise. I mean. Yes. Um, just some of his uh, thoughts and understandings of kind of the pointlessness and, and yeah. kind of the. Just the meaninglessness of whatever this part of history is <laughs> uh, is very poetic. And uh, Joe gets kicked out of school for using drugs is a fantastic anthem. So it's a great anthem. It's got a it's got a great story arc. It and does. It has a great kind of sing along at the end. Yeah, the <laughs> it's very car seat headrest. It's very car seat headrest. Just. If you haven't already, go go just listen to that song and like when you get to the end, like that anthem, it's so funny and so clever. It's like uh, it goes, uh, drugs are better with friends. Friend, are better than you, friends are better. Friends with are better than drugs. Yeah. <laughs> drugs are better than friends. It goes on and yeah. on. It's it's so good. I also love the light in there when uh, he says uh, something about like. Uh, I took acid and mushrooms. I did not transcend. I yeah. <laughs> felt like a walking piece of shit in a stupid looking jacket. Yeah. Amazing. It's a fantastic. There is, there's the death of the transcendent. Uh, the transcendent in this decade, too. Yeah. Very much so. Especially for the youths. For the millennials. The youths. Okay, boomer. Get the fuck out of here with your ideals. <laughs> And lastly, 
Interestingly, the only one from when we've been doing the podcast. Yes. We didn't want it to be preferential. <laughs> also, I feel like we burned through albums so much. I haven't been able. They haven't imprinted on me like these other albums. That's true. <laughs> we might be fucking ourselves over as music fans. Yeah, right. <laughs> like we're, <laughs> we're not doing these proper justice. Uh, Sound of Fury, Sturgill Simpson, again, somebody that was mainly working in this decade, if not exclusively, uh, put out three great records. Yeah. And one, I picked this because um, it fits in more, because we needed something for the end of the century. Yeah. Or the decade. And uh, two. Which is not to say it does not belong on this list, but yeah, we did need one. And two, I picked this specific one especially because in a decade dominated by like Facebook and other social media, the advice to make art and not friends uh, is perfect. It is. Fuck posting, fuck liking, fuck influencers. We need artists. Yes. Real artists. Yeah. And thank God for Sergio Simpson. Yeah. He's doing it. Yeah. People willing to question the spoon fed consumerism of like Nashville. Yeah. Uh, in such an interesting way. Or the and Grammys I mean, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, fantastic way. I love it. It's hard rocking. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's very indie in the sense that he's taking country, traditional national country music and, and, and making it different, yeah. adding different elements. Yeah, and, and unlike on several tracks, doing... Uh, what we talked about is a big theme of this decade that started in the late aughts is uh, incorporating your sound, which may be more rock, into more dancey, disco-y mm-hmm. ways. But I, it might exist out there, but this was a combination I hadn't heard before is incorporating co- like real rock country into that sound. Yeah. And like on paper, that would have sounded like a bad idea to me. And it might have been a bad idea for anyone other than him. But shit, it sounds fucking incredible. Yeah. It made our top songs of the year. Yeah, it's our number one song of the year is Make Art Not Friends. Yeah. So I think it belongs on here. It does. Absolutely. And I and I like metamodern sounds. Yes. It's fantastically quirky. It's so good. It's amazing. That was another case of being like, I'm not sure if I've ever heard anything quite like this before. Yeah. The fact that he's done that now twice, twice this decade is ridiculous. Yeah. Three times, really. I mean, I thought uh, it's Sailor's Guide to Sailor's Guide to Earth, Earth, something. Like I think that. so. Yeah. And that was that was a fun one too because it's like that song is all about him. Or the album is about him becoming a father, so it's like very different subject matter. Yeah. Than, the first yeah. one or this latest one. Like, he, it seems like he's so far on pace to just explore really different things with every album. It's so exciting. So, those are the 10. Those are the 10. In chronological order. In chronological order. You've already made your pick Modern Vampires of the City. Yeah. I think that's right. Based on this. <laughs> 10 list. Yeah. I think that's right. The only other one you're right is probably Currents. Yeah, I think... Because he, he put out three records. And if you want to ding Modern Vampires of the City for Father of the Bride... Which I don't. Then, you know, I think Currents is a, is a nice second. Yeah. 
So this is good. We're going to do this exactly like our songs of the year list where we do have our our number one. It is Modern Vampires of the City, but Currents is close enough that we're going to put that at our very solid number two mm-hmm. and then not rank anything else. No. Because those, those are the two. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's necessary to rank anything else. Well, and, and, we, and we just don't have the time for that. If we started ranking it, we would be just sloppy drunk. We'd throw up in our boxes. <laughs> be bad news. I've never thrown up in my box. I've thrown up in someone else's box. <laughs> Alright, I think that does it for us this time. <laughs> Tell us your favorite albums of the decade by leaving us a review on iTunes. While you're there, subscribe for weekly-ish episodes. Thanks so much for listening to our bullshit. Until next year, I've been Nathan Seal. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for listening to the Radio Kill. Bye! Uh, uh, thanks for listening to our bullshit. That's whoever you are out there. I don't know why you keep doing it. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, it's nice. That's nice. That reminds me of one of my favorite things you've ever said to me. I don't remember why we were having this conversation. Probably for some stupid reason. But... Your response to something I said was, well, yeah, but have you ever thrown up on your own shit? (laughs) That is bad. Which I still haven't done. I've come close. You must have been telling some sort of story of. Yeah. It was definitely a puke and or poop story. Yeah. And I've come close where you're like sitting there taking a shit. You're like, oh, my God, I got to poop. I mean, I got to puke. I got to (laughs) puke. You know, when you're taking a shit and you got to poop. Mm (laughs) <laughs> no, it was a bad situation that night. <laughs> it must have been. <laughs> it was New Year's Eve in Trombon, uh, French Canada. Oh. Quebec. And we were up on the it Sounds ski- like a very exotic story so far. <laughs> we were up on the ski hill at this uh, New Year's Eve party mm-hmm. with uh, my buddy Dave, the Canadian. That oh, uh, I remember Dave. I like that. Yeah, dude. yeah. And uh, we had drank a bunch of vodka. We were doing, like, drinking games. Yeah. And then we smoked pot. And at that time, I had not been a pot smoker. And oh, the crossfade. Yeah. And then some. And then after that, people were doing mushrooms. But I didn't do any mushrooms because I was already in the bathroom. Oh, God. Because I drink, like... Part of the problem with the vodka is that I was, for some reason... Very young. I was like 20, 20. I was 20. Yeah. And so I wanted to go to um, Canada uh-huh. over Christmas break to visit my buddy Dave because I knew I could drink. And we right. could, like go to bars and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. That's an important part of the story. So at that point, very virgin in all of my drinking. Yeah. Especially like mass drinking. And so <laughs> I made um, the wrong decision to have like, Screwdriver, vodka, and orange juice. Oh, yeah. So by the end of the drinking game, not only had I drank, like, a pint of vodka, (laughs) I had had, like, a quart of orange juice. Right. Which, oh. I don't know if you've ever tried to drink a shit ton of orange juice. That's a lot of acid in your stomach. It's so much acid. And I smoked pot, and I just popped. Yeah. And then I started feeling sick to my stomach, too. Yeah. And so I locked myself in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. and I, like, I pissed and shit. And wiped my ass and my mouth and and 
and the surroundings with a ton of toilet paper and I got it like clogged. Oh no. And then I just like passed out. So I'm like passed out next to a clogged toilet with my pants and my ankles. Not the ideal situation. Meanwhile, everyone else is on shrooms outside. Outside the bathroom. Yeah. Inside the house. And so they're just like going crazy out there. You can sure. hear them going crazy. And at some point in time, they realize I'm not around. Uh-huh. They think I've done shrooms with them because everyone did shrooms after. Right. And go out into the because we're on like a basically a ski in ski out ski hill shallow right like if you're doing like mushrooms with a group and someone vanishes and (laughs) if you actually notice it you do start you're like we must find them yeah so middle of the fucking fucking winter two feet of snow on the ground (laughs) and these guys all shroomed up yeah (laughs) tripping in balls are out in the snow looking for me yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Finally somebody realized that the door is locked And they they jerry-rig it And open it up yeah. And find me on the floor in there Because <laughs> at first they were, like, they were like I was like blocking the door And they are trying to get in And I was like No, leave me alone I was yeah. like kicking the door To try to keep him out <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm not well <laughs> Don't look at me <laughs> uh, but at some point in time, I rallied and came back out. I didn't drink nice. after that, but but you hung out. I, yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible time. I embarrassed myself. Well, we all do it. When I was around the same age, I went to a party in um, Denver, and <laughs> I don't remember much about the party. But it was one of those situations where I was like, I was. I was technically 21, but I was, I didn't party much like in high school or whatever. Uh So I like would overdo it very quickly and I got so fucked up at this party. So the last thing I remember is I was (laughs) laying down in this person's front yard, like using someone's foot who was standing there smoking as my (laughs) pillow. Yeah. And whoever this dude being like to whoever else was around, I'm like, is this dude Okay. That is the last thing I remember. So the next thing I remember after that is waking up the next day in my apartment in a closet in a sleeping bag. <laughs> I have no clue how I got home. I, it, it, it was walkable. So I assume that's yeah. what happened. But what, what was the thought process where I was like, all right. I need to go to bed in this closet. Not a large closet <laughs> at all. Like I was like crammed in there, but I somehow got in a sleeping bag in there. I was like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> this is insane. Well, I'm, I'm sure there was a, you were just so cold or something. You know what I mean? And I was like, this seems like a cozy place to yeah. go. <laughs> it is funny how even if you're blackout drunk, there's apparently something in your brain. Like, a survival yeah. instinct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's about as good as Doug's story. That that's the best story I've ever heard. He was like, he broke his collarbone and um, lost his job because he couldn't work, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he was living at his parents' house. And I came by to Anderson and I uh, came over to see him smoking a cigarette at his parents' house with him. And I was like, so what happened? He's like, dude. Last thing I remember. I was in Indianapolis, <laughs> and I woke up 
with my car in the front yard. <laughs> and I was halfway in my front door and halfway out of my front door <laughs> with a broken collarbone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's a come to Jesus moment. It is. <laughs> like, that is... <laughs> That really is. That's that's like rock bottom. <laughs> He's doing great now, though. Good. Good for Doug. Nobody worry. Nobody worry about Doug. <laughs> <laughs>